It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over week 10, must add players on the waiver wire. Going into, listen, we're here. This is like, this is the, this is like the home stretch. Almost. We're almost yeah. at the home. We're, we're in the second half of the season. We only got a few weeks before fantasy playoffs start. So now this is when you're kind of making that playoff push. Okay. There's not, you know, there's, there's a couple sneaky ads on the waiver wire this week that you want to, you know, pay attention to, right? Like just because it seems on surface level that it might be a weaker waiver wire than normal in terms of being able to pick guys up. You never know, right? Like you want to pick up guys yeah. that could strategically actually bring you some value, you know, over the next couple of weeks, potentially guys who can help you win a championship. So make sure you you, you, you listen to this episode and we're going to go over the top 20 waiver wire pickups. So even if these top guys aren't available, you know, there will, there should be a few of these guys who are available on your waiver wire, even if you're in like a 14 team league. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Zach, how's it going, man? Interesting game last night. You know, Lamar yep. didn't have a whole lot of help, but he made it happen. And the Ravens ended up winning. Yeah, it, 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 it was all right. You know, we just talked about, you know, Lamar Jackson yesterday. Is he, you know, are we lumping him in with those guys? We talked about Justin Fields, you know, are we lumping him in with the guys that maybe we trade Justin Fields for? Um, last night, it wasn't really encouraging, but I, I wasn't too upset either because, you know, he didn't have many weapons, like we said. Um, how many catches did receivers have in this game? Is it like five? Yeah, is that pretty what it much. Was? I mean, it was like, it was very spread out. You know, Isaiah yeah. likely ended up with the one catch for a touchdown. That's all he had. Yeah, uh, in that, that was game. disappointing. And it looks so good. Super disappointing. You know, and if you played DFS and you faded likely, and you had Kenyon Drake in your lineup, that's probably what did, what got got done for you. Um, but everyone was on him. He had that one catch yeah. for a touchdown. Uh, he did lead them with five targets. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and Lamar Jackson, which is kind of crazy, like five targets leads your team. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Lamar Jackson did end up end up spreading it around like crazy. Completed only twelve balls in this game. Uh, didn't have to throw a ton. It was just him and Kenyon Drake running the ball the entire time. And Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. ended up with those two touchdowns. But those five targets, I said, likely, you know, ended up being a twenty three percent target share. So the yeah. process was okay, but the end result wasn't ideal. Yeah, and if you had Lamar, you're not upset. You know, like he still had, you know, 16 fantasy points at the end of the day because of that rushing upside. He did um he dropped the ball once. You know, I don't know if you lose points in your league for that, but um he 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 his upside's a little bit capped because he doesn't have any playmakers really. Um he has his rushing ability. That's about all that kept him relevant last night, those 82 yards on the ground. And you can expect that to continue. You know, it looked a lot like those past few weeks that we had where he just hasn't been as explosive as he was the first, was it two weeks, three weeks? Um, so you can always lean on that, but he's kind of lacking luster right now for me. 
I, I think he looked good enough, you know, given the situation with the weapons, but we he's going to need some more weapons if he's going to be a bigger fantasy contributor down the stretch. So right now, I'm not sure he's kind of, I don't want to call him, <laughs> you know, obviously his upside is ridiculous, but I, I don't want to call him a mid to low QB one right now, but the numbers that he's been putting up recently, that's kind of where I'm going to have to lump him in. Yeah, he's a mid, he's a, he's a, He's a solid QB1 right now. He's not a high-end QB1, unfortunately. I mean, obviously, he can have a monster game at any point. He always has that ceiling, but yeah. he hasn't hit that ceiling in a little bit. Uh, maybe OBJ, you know, going to Baltimore. It's possible. You know, yeah. OBJ apparently is going to be healthy. Uh, well, he's going to be medically cleared at the end of this week. And, you know, um, it, it, it's Jake Lazy reported that teams might end up being in a little bit, a little bit of a bidding war for his services. So, you know, we'll see where he ends mm -hmm. up landing. He is on this waiver wire list and we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Alvin Kamara, bad day at the office for him too. Only nine touches in this game. Yeah. Uh, only three catches. That's super disappointing considering the Ravens have been giving up a ton of receptions to running backs coming into this game. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll, I'll say this, like the Ravens defense, you know, over the last several weeks, yeah, they have been pretty damn good lately. And, you know, this has turned into a, pretty tough matchup for both running backs and wide receivers, you know, going forward, you know, early on in the season, you know, they were extremely vulnerable, you know, to running backs and wide receivers, but now they really turn things around. This is what they need, you know, from an NFL standpoint, you know, the fact that Lamar doesn't have the weapons that, you know, he, he has, he had, you know, to start mm -hmm. the year, this is what the Ravens need right now. So, if, you know, if a team, if you're going up against the Ravens, this isn't a cakewalk, you know, and, still like if you look at the fantasy matchups it'll still show green when you're going up against the ravens you know yeah. with these wide receivers but that's not necessarily the case just because they had a they had they were giving up a ton of fantasy points early on in the year mm -hmm. and, and you don't want to you can't ever trust completely you know you talk about that green matchup indicator on the schedule um on the game log you can't really do that even if it's a good matchup you know you have to consider that the way the team's playing when your player is playing them if that makes yeah. sense so like if like, for instance, you know, just last night we saw Chris Olave looked like a good matchup on paper because those first few weeks, you know, Baltimore, their defense let up all those yards and gave up all those points. Their actual performance is being a bit inflated. You know, it, lo it looks a lot worse than it is, especially with the streak that they're on right now. I thought this was going to be, you know, a much higher scoring game. I mean, 27 points for the Ravens was, you know, plenty, but I, I thought that the Saints would have an easier time moving the ball. When I was watching, the Saints couldn't do anything. Outside of that last drive at the end, obviously they put up some yeah. more points after after the fact, you know, in the second half. But that whole first half, the Saints did nothing. I, I was like, is it this was supposed to be a bad Baltimore defense? And Roquan Smith, I don't know if that was the change they made, but he was in on a couple stops. You know, Alvin Kamara couldn't get anything going on the ground and obviously through the air. Um, it, it looked like a change defense, and we'll see if that continues, you know. But if, if it does, um, you know, it might be more tough sledding for guys playing against this defense moving forward. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and, and Chris Olave, I was down on him a little bit. He actually surpassed my expectations a little bit. I had him going under uh, on a lot of the props that I've seen, yeah. uh, you know, because it was a tough matchup, I think, you know, especially given how well the corners have been playing on the outside lately. That's about it. That's all. That's really all I have to say about that. Um, did we did we already talk about, oh, we talked about Jeff Saturday becoming the head coach. I think that broke live on the podcast yesterday. We talked about it yesterday. But let's get into the waiver wire pickups now. At, at number one, I have Jeff Wilson here. He ended up leading the Dolphins backfield in snaps and opportunities on Sunday, you know, just a few days after being traded to them. He ran one more route than Raheem Mostert as well. He knows the system, right? He came in. And this turned into a 50-50 split in his first game there. And he ended up outplaying Mostert. So, 
I see this to be at least a 50-50 split moving forward with a chance of Jeff Wilson edging Raheem Mostert out even more as we go forward, right? He was playing very well, you know, in San Francisco. He comes over here to the guy who was running their run game over the past several years in San Francisco. He knows the system, and he got got the snaps, he got the touches, and he ended up performing. Yeah, I I think if, you know, in Miami, if this was any other running back, Besides Jeff Wilson, we wouldn't see this type of usage in production. But because it's Jeff Wilson, like you said, with Mike McDaniel there, um, the familiarity is there. That's why we're seeing this happen. And, of course, Mike McDaniel, you know, in those years that he was in San Francisco, he must have gotten close, you know, with Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson. There's no way he's going to, you know, fade one of them in this backfield. It's going to be a split. And I, I kind of talked a little bit about that last week before the game this weekend even happen and it looks like that's the way it's going to be i think jeff wilson like i said he's younger i think he's more dynamic he has more of an all-around skill set it looks like they can use him in more ways maybe raheem moster and that's not shade at raheem Raheem moster it's just the way that he was played looked a lot better than raheem moster so i I think jeff wilson is pretty much a clear ad this week on the waiver wire i'd be surprised a little bit you know i'm not sure if anybody dropped him when he got traded to, to miami um it says his roster percent is, is up to 50 right now on Sleeper. It moved up 14%. Um, people might be buying into him a little bit more, but we, we, should, we, should, we should get that to 60 at least because it looks like he's going to have a role moving forward yeah. in his offense and down the stretch. Yeah, it was really what, what did it was Christian McCaffrey being traded to the 49ers. And once he was being traded to the 49ers, you figure that he's going to get all the snaps. Jeff Wilson's just a handcuff at this point. I'm going to drop him. Elijah Mitchell's going to be back soon. And Jeff Wilson, his name wasn't really floating around, you know, you know, on, with those trade talks that much. So now, you know, and then he gets traded to Miami. You're like, all right, well, he'll probably back up Raheem Mostert. So people didn't really rush to the waiver wire, you know, the, the free agent pool to grab him, right? So at this point, you know, people are like, oh, wait. <laughs> Jeff yeah. Wilson's the guy to have in that backfield at this point. So, yeah, I can see Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert still has that big playability. I would see, you know, he could be kind of like the lightning to Jeff Wilson's thunder. That's kind of how, how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that that's how it's, that's how it's going to play out. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, Greg Dolchitz, I have him at number two, you know, in his first three games in the NFL, Dolchitz has had double digit PPR fantasy points. His last game, he went four for 87 uh, on a bad offense. Right. And he has a solid matchup against Tennessee this week. Here, here's what I had on him in my rookie draft kit this off season. This is what I had. Uh, the receipts are coming out. I said, <laughs> No, no, this is just this is just Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just sad. I think it's no, no. I know I just want to state yeah. that I'm not trying to receipt myself. This is more like uh why I think he's a good pickup. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm saying. So yeah. I I'm, I'm gonna say that he looked the best of film on, on film to me. Uh he had 2.17 yards per team pass attempt. That was third best in this class behind Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely. And then his 1.93 yards per route run last year was fourth best among tight ends. And then on top of that, he's one of the most athletic tight ends coming into this class or coming into the league this year in this class. And then his level of competition was also a step above both Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely, right? And those were the other right. two guys that coming into with in this rookie draft class among tight ends. Those are the guys that, you know, you really paid attention to. Uh, but he was able to get it done, you know, with with um, you know, with better competition. So, you know, something to kind of note. You know, as, in terms of like what what his what his uh, dr- as him as a prospect, what he looked like. So, pick him up. That, that's yeah. that's basically what it comes down to. <laughs> and he, he has um, he's finished as a tight end one every week, right? 
in terms yeah. of points scored. So how could you not pick that up? <laughs> you know, um, the way the tight end landscape is, no, nobody's going to be doing better than you um, at that point unless they have Kelsey or Andrews. And Andrews was hurt. And, you know, just talking about tight ends even, you know, Greg Dolchitz, he, he looks like he could be a good tight end, especially, you know, if he continues to build rapport with Russell Wilson. Um, Russell Wilson is supposed to be in Denver for a while now. So that could end up being, you know, a nice a, a nice two-headed monster there between Russell Wilson and Greg Dolchitz. That could be a good connection. I, I just wonder, once Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, you know, aren't in the league, you know, did you trust, do you see any guys coming up that are going to be like, you know, the bonafide tight end ones moving forward? Or do you think that, like... Is there going to be any standout or is it just going to be a bunch of these guys like these? Is it going to be streaming tight ends every week? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's, 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 who, I mean, who's gonna, wait, who's listen, gonna uh, Mark Andrews is young, relatively yeah. young. He's going to be there for a while. Travis Kelsey, you know, he's probably going to, he probably has a, a couple of years, maybe a couple of years left in him. There's going to be these guys who are going to pop off. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's always going to be those elite tight ends. Uh, and now the way that the league is using tight ends, you know, more and more, they like these tweener guys, you know, who are, like the Isaiah Likelys and those guys who don't have the build like a Travis Kelsey, the guys who are the all-around tight ends. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know. It really comes down to, you know, usage and ability, right? Travis Kelsey has been lucky enough, uh, you know, to be with, with with you know, honestly, I would say that it's not even an Andy Reid thing. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey would have been is a boss regardless. Like, whoever he would have been with, he probably would have been performing with you know what i mean yeah. so like yeah there's going to be those guys i think that are going to be in that elite category uh but at the end of the day it's like you know there's only a few tony gonzalez's we're going to see there's only a few travis kelsey's we're going to see you know what i mean these are like the you know a few gronks mm-hmm. right these are the guys that are the elite of the elite and those don't come those don't grow on trees right no they don't <laughs> mark Andrews has a chance to do it you know he's just he doesn't have a as big of a sample size as a guy like Travis Kelsey, but you know yeah. he he has a chance. He definitely Travis Kelsey's just owned the position for the past. Yeah. I don't even know how long. Like exactly since he came in the league, he just looks ridiculous. Uh, moving to number three here, we got Terrace Marshall. Uh, I had I had a feeling Terrace Marshall would be high on this list last week. Yeah. Uh, the QB situation is in flux in Carolina, but PJ Walker will be back under center for this Thursday night matchup against Atlanta. Great matchup. Right, I I'd plug Marshall in this week as a borderline wide receiver three, right, like something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a second round pick last year, right? He's a big wide receiver, runs a four four forty. His athletic measurables are through the roof. He broke out at nineteen years old. He was an early declare. These are all signs, you know. Second round pick, like these are all signs of like you know a guy who usually succeeds in the NFL, right. you know. So. The coaching staff is gone. This is somebody that you want to pick up as a potential breakout player. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, him having a, a, a rookie year to forget, like it doesn't work in his favor at all. Because usually players who come into the league at the rookie year, they had a rookie year like that. Usually they don't succeed. But this could be an exception just because of how, uh, you know, you could say that this coaching staff before them, they had their issues. <laughs> had right? their issues. Yeah, I'd say so. they had their issues. That's a nice way of saying it. Um, I think. Yeah, I think Terrace Marshall deserves a mulligan because of the coaching and because you know you look at the Panthers' offense last year in 2021. I mean, Sam Darnold was running it. You know, it's like has he had any chance to actually show what he could do in a sub deep, uh, just a semi decent offense? I think everything, every off, every um down he's played has been in a subpar offense. You know, obviously it's Panthers and he's only been in the league for two years, but he's just dealing with quarterback change, coaching change, all this stuff. I think he deserved a mulligan. You know, you, you give him that year. It didn't look good. You know, his rookie year, he he didn't catch hardly any balls at all. 
he he comes in this year and suddenly even without you know the consistency that we're looking for still for a young receiver like that he is actually kind of you know making some noise now i think i don't want to hype him up too much but i think you're absolutely on to something when you say about his measurables and everything all these signs that point to him succeeding in the nfl he might just be a late bloomer it's only his second year you know he's got plenty of time to come on um i'm a trade would have been ideal, you know, maybe to a different spot for him to show off. You know, the Panthers, they might be uh, a couple of years out from actually being competitive again. But I, I think, you know, he, he has some value for you right now because even though the quarterback's changing in Carolina a lot, they're going to have to be thrown to the receivers and he's going to be on the field enough. At least the way he's been on the field recently, these past three weeks, 86% snap share, 93 and 92% of snaps, you know, it, it looks good. I, I think that he has a chance to actually contribute because he's getting a lot more targets than he has in his career. And now they're letting him play on the outside, which is his natural position, right? He's a right. big guy who could run down the field, and his contested catch ability is absolutely insane. It's been what he's been one of the best contested catch prospects that we could remember over you know a long time. He, I think, mm-hmm. he caught like, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was like seventy five percent of contested catches or something, something ridiculous like that. You know, coming yeah. into coming into the year, uh, coming into the NFL. Um, but just remember, you know, he played with Joe Burrow at LSU with Jamar Chase, with Justin Jefferson. He scored 13 touchdowns that season. Um, and then his last year, he was the early, early declarer. So his junior year, which was 2020, that was the COVID year. They only played seven games and he ended up, you know, averaging more than 100 re- receiving yards per game that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was the alpha on a run heavy, defense heavy offense, right? There was no Joe Burrow there. there yeah. uh, J- Joe Brady also left to come to the NFL. So there was this offense completely changed. And okay. if so I'm not mistaken, didn't, didn't Joe Brady go to the Panthers? He I, first, I think, did he go straight to the Panthers? Yeah, I think he did. I think he went yeah, to he the did. Panthers, which he is did. kind of he funny. Did. It is funny. It is. That's hilarious, actually. I, I just put two and two together. I'm yeah. thinking like, oh, he went to the Saints. No, no, no. He was at the Saints before he went to LSU. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like the fact <laughs> that they, they, like, oh, they drafted Terrace Marshall. Good. Joe Brady's right there. Nope. That yeah. didn't work out. That that's that's just funny. Very interesting. <laughs> well, it's funny because Joe Brady didn't work out either. Right. That, that's the whole thing. The whole coaching staff didn't work out there in Carolina. <laughs> and they, they they put him in the slot, which is weird. Like mm-hmm. why? Like, it's this big. It's a weird. It was a weird thing to do. Um, it's impossible to evaluate when you have that type of coaching problem. You know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you know Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe at least the only thing Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury has going for him is continuity. You know, there has been a continuity um, in Carolina, so that type of coaching situation you can't evaluate anybody. I don't think unless unless you're Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that, then let's you move can kind on of to on let's move on to Rashad White here, number four. Again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but we are beating a dead horse here every mm-hmm. week. But we if another Fournette went down, Rashad White would assume 90% snap snap share most likely and get all the work. Um, you know, this past week, they split opportunities 16 to 11 in favor of Fournette. Um, there might be random, sporadic moments with some standalone value for White, but you won't be able to predict it when it happens. This is kind of random. This mm-hmm. is really about a high-end handcuff at this point, you know, because of a situation and the building yeah. in the receiving game. That's really about it. Anything else to add about Rashad White or have we beat a dead horse? No, we've been beating the dead horse. Like I said, all we should okay, do cool. is we should go from Terrace Marshall to Rashad White, just like this is your weekly reminder to pick up Rashad White and then just move on. You know, pretty much. Alexander Madison, another weekly reminder for him. You know, he has no standalone value whatsoever right now. Uh, and but he's been dropped, you can tell, you know, during these bye weeks, oh, right? Because yeah. people mm-hmm. need guys to start and all that. Uh, and he's now available in a lot of leagues. So he's an RB1 if Dalvin Cook were to ever go down. He's like a staple bench stash 
uh, as we get into the final stretch of the fantasy season. So, you know, similar situation to Rashad White. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Odell Beckham at number six here. Like I mentioned that, you know, he is going to get, get medically cleared according to Jay Glazer by the end of the week. Could be a, a bidding war. You know, the reason why I have him up here is just to take a shot, right? Like yeah. if someone like Baltimore or Kansas City or Buffalo, you know, or the Chargers end up signing him, maybe Green Bay, you know, as much as, you know, Green Bay can make sense. Like they're three and six, right? Like he, yeah. he's not going to sign with them. Like he wants another ring. So mm-hmm. could be the Cowboys too. Apparently they have a lot of interest in him as well. Yeah. I wouldn't like that so much for fantasy. I, like, I prefer, <laughs> I prefer chargers. I'm sorry. I prefer chargers. I prefer Kansas city and I prefer Buffalo. Like those are like the, the, the main places that I would, I think that he could I, do something. At. I wouldn't want Buffalo. I think they have enough targets. There. I mean, I know Gabe Davis hasn't been producing, but I still think there's, you know, especially with Josh Allen, too. We're not sure. That might actually sway him away. We'll see how Josh Allen's injury comes out. You know, we'll Josh, if Josh Allen isn't going to be playing, I don't think Odell's going to be like, send me over there. I'll play. With, who, who's their backup? Chase. Daniel. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, not Chase. Daniel. No. Um, uh, what's his name? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah. I think OBJ would if, if OBJ is right and he looks good, like he'll play over Gabe Davis. Well, yeah, I, I think you know, he I, could. I, you know, I mean, he stepped uh, in right behind Cooper Cup. I guess. That's true. Remember, remember that you got to realize who this coaching staff is. Right. They want the yep. veterans. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just grabbed Naheem Hines when they have James Cook. They 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 had Gabe Davis and they played Emmanuel Sanders over him. Right. So like mm-hmm. the Emmanuel Sanders was like 32 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. OBJ is 30. And like I could totally see them doing something like that. You know, yeah. um, I don't know. My, my, just to have a more uh, I guess a more um, complete receiver. I would say, you know what I mean? Like, cause OBJ yeah. can run all the routes, right? But who knows? Like he's coming off the ACL. Like it's a, you know, it, it's a weird situation. It's really hard to gauge like how much of an impact he's going to make for any mm-hmm. team for fantasy. Nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, but without too many wide receivers on the waiver wire, like if you're in need of a wide receiver, you know, you want to take your shot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially if you are, you think you have a good shot at making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. My dream destination, I think for Odell, you know, I I think it's the Ravens, but that's just yeah. me. Just because of the way yeah. they're so depleted, they need a receiver. Did you see Deshaun Jackson? He's out with a hamstring oh injury god. already. Oh like, my god! Of course. Any surprise, right? <laughs> I mean, what is he? Thirty no five? No surprise there. I, I wish, you know, obviously I don't want him to get injured, but you know, it's like you had to have seen this coming. Like, come on, that, that's just—it's kind of been his mo, you know, at, since he's past age thirty. You know, he's yeah. always injured. Um, he's a he's a deep threat. He caught that one pass, and I thought maybe he'd have like a night where he end up on this list today. You know, it's like, maybe you could pick him up. Well, um, <laughs> they figure things out at receiver. I, I think right. if Odell would go to Baltimore, I think him and Lamar could build a nice connection. Cause they seem, I think it's so. just, 
seems like a spot that he could go to. And to mention, and to go back to what you said about the Cowboys, I don't want him to go to the Cowboys. I don't think any rec- you want any receiver to go to the Cowboys any more than they already have because if just Dak Prescott distributes the ball and that's all he does, he never lasers in, he never exactly. hones in on one receiver and makes them fancy relevant. Everyone has a ceiling of about like 18 points down there. <laughs> that's the was, way it's going to yeah. be. That's true. All right, I got Chase Evans here, number seven. A little, a little bit of a drop-off here with these pickups. Yeah. Uh, but Edmonds, he was traded to the Broncos. The reason why I like him as a pickup is because there's been so much churn in this backfield, and neither Latavius Murray or Melvin Gordon seem like they have any sort of stranglehold on their roles. And Edmonds, you know, he's going to start as the passing down back, you know, as soon as this week, and he can easily creep into some sort of early down role ahead of one of these guys. I think it could happen. Uh, yeah. Maybe not this week, but I think it could happen over the next couple of weeks potentially. So I think at some point there can be some fantasy value here. I just I don't think the ceiling is too high. Right? I think this is more of a like maybe you have a shot at a low-end RB2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but that's, that's really about it. Um, I don't think it, the ceiling is that high. I don't think he yeah. ever becomes like an every down back or anything like that. But But he could have a role on all three downs. And I think that part is why he could have some value later on. Yeah. None, none of these waiver wire pickups are really going to be home runs. You know, there's been one home run on the waiver wire this year. It's Kenneth Walker. But Chase Edmonds, you know, I don't think they have any talent there that's going to make me think that Chase Edmonds isn't going to get at least a fair shot, not just this week, but, you know, in the next few weeks to, to you know, show what he can do. Like I said, when he originally got traded, when we talked about that, we recapped it, was it last week? You know, Chase Edmonds offers them something that they don't have, and that's like a good pass catching back. <laughs> um, you know, Mel- Melvin Gordon, I wouldn't call him a good pass catching back. You know, Tavius Murray is just in there to ca- to get that touchdown, vulture that touchdown, and make sure nobody is fantasy relevant there. Um, that's what he does. So I-, I think Chase Edmonds gives them something they don't have, and if especially if Russell Wilson starts, if things start clicking, and Russell Wilson looks good with him, you know, catching passes out of the backfield, he he could stick. You know, like I said, they're trying to cling to whatever they can um, to make this offense work, especially with them being three and five, like we saw Jerry Judy um, before the bye, the week before against the Jaguars. He was uh, he was at the center of trade talks. He had a good game. I don't think they were going to look to move him after Russell Wilson dialed in and was looking for him uh, a good amount of the time. So I think that they're going to just ride whatever hot hand they can. If Chase Evans can get that, he'll have enough opportunity to you know, kind of get the chance to take that opportunity and run with it. Javante Williams had 21 targets uh, in, in his three healthy games. So, you know, there could be some value here. Yeah. Chase Edmonds could potentially catch some balls out of the backfield, like, uh, just like you said. Chuba Herbert, I have him here at number eight. Uh, he got a limited practice in on Monday. He was listed as a limited participant. And my guess is he's going to play this week. This is really for the rest of the season. It's possible he doesn't. This is a short week. Maybe they, they leave him out another week. That's very possible. So yeah. if that's the case, Deontay Foreman, you know, solid play this week for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think this is really for the rest of the season, right? He's going to be their passing down guy. Uh, he's going to mix in on early downs as well. So if the Panthers are truly a losing team, which they are, yeah. if we're going to be honest with ourselves here, <laughs> no one wanted to be honest before what they just saw this past week. Right. No one wanted to be honest. I and mean, they saw it, they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Um, <laughs> but he's going to get more run at times than Deontay Foreman. Like he's going to have his games. I can totally see a game. Chuba Hubbard has a better game than Deontay Foreman. That's going to happen. And yeah. I think he is going to be every week He's going to have every week flex consideration with RB2 upside. Kind of like, you know, if you want to compare him to someone like, um, I don't know, Tyler Algier. Not the role because they have completely different roles, but it's more yeah. like you the can production. plug him in if you need to. Yeah. Type no, of thing, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I think that's a good comparison, actually, because, you know, 
obviously the Falcons offense has looked better than we wanted to, but it's still, it's all right. You know, um, they had their good game against the Panthers two weeks ago. So that, that, that they kind of have going for them, but I don't think we're going to see that again on Thursday night or in the future. Um, especially with Chuba, when Chuba Hubbard comes back, I, I think that he's going the first game back where he's healthy. I think he's going to outperform Deontay Foreman. And that's just because, you know, we saw Deontay Foreman, he had that big game. Um, and then last week he really shit the bed. Uh, I don't think that his role is necessarily on lock um, like we thought it might have been before this dud that he put up last week. I think that Truba Hubbard, you know, he's been there enough. He's been there a while, and he was there in relief of Christian McCaffrey before. Um, I think the Panthers will be happy to lean on him again. I have Wandell Robinson, number nine here. He had a disappointing game before their bye, uh, but I think he's still worth picking up based on his 36% and 24% targets per route run the two weeks prior to his last game. And it's possible he gets back to that. Now, I have Darius Slayton, the other Giants wide receiver, down at number 15 on this list. And he's actually been above 20% target share in three of the last four games. And he's targeted downfield a lot more as well. But I'm willing to give Wandale another shot, you know, just because he's young because of his speed, his ability after the catch, a little bit more dynamic than Darius Slayton, a little bit more upside, I would say, right? Um, just right. because he had one bad game, I don't want to hold it against him. Um, a lot of people dropped him, you know, after that bad game, especially since they had to buy this past week. So I pick him up just to kind of see, you know, what I have in him over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's a, a good idea. And we've been talking about Wandale on the waiver wire for a long time this season since he's come back from his injury. You know, I, I think that he'll be a nice, a nice piece for your team. Um, he's you. You don't really have much to lose by picking up Wendell Robinson, and that's the way it kind of gets you know this far down on the waiver wire. But you know, there's a good chance you have receivers on your bench right now that haven't done much for you. There's a reason they're on their bench. Why not take a swing at this upside? Because if this Giants offense gets anything more going in the passing game, you know, I think Wendell Robinson is going to be on the you know he's going to be first up in the line to get to get some more targets. Jalen Warren at number ten here, another high in handcuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Najee Harris continues to be ineffective or if he gets hurt, you know, Warren can assume an every down workload. They are coming out of a buy. You never know. Maybe he sees more work coming out. Uh, I'm not betting on it. Like if I had to bet, like, is Jalen Warren going to be the guy right now? Like I would say, like, no, like that would be my bet. Yeah. Uh, but you never know. Right. Like Najee was a high draft pick. Right. Like, I don't know if they, you know, because when you do that, you're making a statement. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they want to make that statement. Like Najee. Sorry, man. Jalen Warren is going to be our 1A. I'm not sure. Now, it is that time of year to stock up on handcuffs, like those upside handcuffs. So if Najee Harris were to get hurt, if that foot gets worse, whatever, right? Knocking on wood, hoping it doesn't, wishing the best for the guy. But Mm -hmm. it's this this is kind of like covering your bases, have another upside running back who's widely available on waiver wires on your bench. That's pretty much it. We talk about him every week. Same thing. Yeah, (laughs) Same thing as Rashad Boyd and Alexander Madison. Jalen Warren's been on this list a lot. But, you know, you're right about the statement thing. I don't think they're going to do that. They can't do that because, yes, Najee Harris, you know, we're seeing the same problems we saw last season. Just, you know, he's not getting the volume anymore. But the offense is so bad that you can't just, like, say, all right, we're going to start Jalen Warren over Najee Harris because this offense is bad. It's not going to change the way the offense looks at all, I think. It's just going to be Jalen Warren getting more production, more consistent production than Najee Harris. So they're not going to make that change. I don't think it's going to happen where he becomes, you know, like a clear 1A. But I could definitely see him producing more towards what we've seen from him recently than what we saw at the beginning of the year. Because at this point, it, it, you don't have to name Jalen Warren the 1A. You can just run the hot hand approach. I think yes. that would work. 
I, I agree. I've seen crazier things happen. You yeah. never know. Right. Yeah, you, you can't rule anything out, especially at this point in the season. You know, they're going for if they want to go for broke and try to save the season. You know, maybe that's the type of move you got to make. But I don't think there's any saving the Steelers season right now. They're just, <laughs> no. they're just in limbo at quarterback, and it's not the, Kenny Pickett's fault or anything. It's just you know the way it is right now. We weren't expecting this offense to be good, um, and you know it's just kind of matching expectations. So at this point, I think we're just resigned to say you you could take your shots on guys in this offense because they're going to be rotating them in and out. Deshaun Watson, I have here him here at number eleven. I think it's about that time, right? If you're in need, this is the first time he's on the waiver wire list, right? Yeah. I think it's about that time now. Uh, we're at the, we're in a double digit week at this point. So if you're in need of an upside quarterback and you've been streaming, you missed out on your opportunity to grab Justin Fields. That was your opportunity. Yeah, Justin Fields was your opportunity, man. We talked about it last week. Uh if you missed out man. on him, I'm sorry. You know, I think it's time. You know, cut your losses, grab Deshaun Watson, stash him. You know, only if you need that upside quarterback and you think he can make a difference for you if he does reach that upside. And, you know, his first start can be on December 4th. So that's four games from now. Yeah. Um, just a question. You know, I'm look, I'm thinking about it. Who would you want to have Deshaun Watson over? You know, if you're starting a guy like Tom Brady, question. would you say would you replace Tom Brady with Deshaun Watson at this point? You know, would Hell you yeah. want? It's not even All close. Right. All right. How about a Marcus <laughs> Mariota? Yes. All right. How about all those guys? All, all of those guys. How about a Geno Smith? Um, if I have Geno, I am not prioritizing Deshaun. All right. And here's one: Russell Wilson. Hell yeah! Russell yeah. Wilson's not even a, you can't even start Russell Wilson right now in a, in like right. a regular ten or twelve team league. Uh, I'm not going to ask about Derek Carr. <laughs> no, don't. Please don't. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, if I had Kirk Cousins, I would be stashing Deshaun Watson. Right. Yeah, because Kirk Cousins doesn't have the upside that Deshaun Watson has, right? right? So Deshaun Watson has the ability to be a top five quarterback, fantasy quarterback. Mm-hmm. So because of that, like, for example, like I'll say this, like, can Deshaun Watson outscore Lamar Jackson over the last four weeks of the season? Yeah, yeah. Can. This version has of Lamar Jackson, he can, yes. Right. So, like, if you can do that, then most likely I'm going to be stashing you if I need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's I, I, that's kind of how I'm rolling with it. So I'm looking at these other names here. If I have Justin Herbert, yes, I am grabbing Deshaun Watson. Uh, if I have, let's see, Dak Prescott, yes, I'm grabbing him. Kirk Cousins, yes. Uh, am I missing anybody? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Those are all like the mid tier quarterbacks. Obviously, exactly. you, don't wanna, you don't consider Matthew Stafford because he's been bottom barrel. Um, yeah. yeah, Saints quarterbacks, you don't do anything. I, I think that's fair. The only thing for me is just. If you happen to land Deshaun Watson on the waiver wire, it's not a slam dunk yet. Because right. when he played in the preseason, obviously he was out of football a while. He played that one game, I think, before his suspension like set in. And he didn't look very good. I'm not sure. I think all this time away from football, it's it's going to show, definitely. You know, I, I don't yeah. know the extent of it, but it's going to show. He's not going to be um I, I wouldn't bet on him being a top five quarterback when he comes right back in, you know, the first no. week or maybe even two. I think we're yeah. going to see the rust. It's going to, the rust is going to have to be knocked off. But you know, if you make it to the championship in your league, you know, and you you want to throw him in, you, you somehow survive with a guy like Justin Herbert at quarterback. Maybe you could throw Deshaun Watson, and he'd have some upside for you. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's kind of how I'm treating it too. Like it, I would have to be in pretty desperation, desperate, like a desperate mode for me to start. Yeah, circumstances. There you go. Thank you. Um, for for me to start Deshaun Watson in this first game back. 
Yeah. You know, like as soon as he's like, you know, there's going to be so many, there's going to be like the, a huge spotlight on Deshaun Watson. You know, it'd be crazy. And I'm not, okay, like, don't get me wrong here. I'm not rooting for this situation. It might sound like I am, but I'm not. Okay. Because mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson did what he did. Dude's a fucking weirdo. Okay. But I'll say yeah. this. Okay. You know, the spotlight's going to be on him. And like, if he, if he puts in, if he has like a 35 point fantasy, fantasy game, it's going to make, it's going to make a lot of fantasy managers in a weird, in a weird spot, you know, because they're going to yeah. be rooting for this guy <laughs> on touchdown. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's like, it's such a weird place to be, you know, cause like you have your real life over here and all the women that you respect in your life. And yeah. then you have like fantasy football over here and it's like. What am I supposed to do? That okay. So this is the funniest thing you talk about a spotlight. Also consider the fact that he's returning, not only playing against Houston, he's returning to Houston. Like, man, is he really? Yeah, is that his it, first game back? His first game back is oh in God. Houston. It's like oh th- they wrote this up. They came up with that <laughs> suspension length. I thought that was a weird suspension length. <laughs> I didn't when they announced that. it. His first game back is against Houston. So, like, this, the spotlight is 100% going to be on Deshaun Watson. Browns. And the thing is, Houston is a bad defense. So, maybe he will just come out and just, like, be on fire immediately, you know? Oh, my God. If Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts had a – he had an all right day. I, I think, you know, a touchdown, two touchdown passes, two total touchdowns is a floor for any quarterback against Houston's defense right now. Week 13 – Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Wow, okay. that one was definitely planned. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my God, that's I did not realize that. Maybe I heard that once and then I just forgot about it. But that's yeah. that's that's kind of crazy. His teammate Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, he I have him here at number twelve. Uh, you want a wide receiver to just give you points? That's that's DPJ. Five straight weeks of at least nine PPR fantasy points. He's been double digits on on you know every other week besides that one, but. He has a high floor. He hasn't shown much of a ceiling yet, but maybe he does have one when Deshaun Watson comes back. Who knows? But for now, it doesn't matter what the matchup is. Like you can start him and he'll just like be solid for you. Yeah. And he's not somebody you want to be starting at wide receiver two. But if you have a wide receiver three slot or you have nobody at flex, he he'll get it done for you very nicely. Or you, no. or if you have no one at your wide receiver two spot. Like I can attest to that. Um, you know, sometimes yeah, you okay. had a, you got some troubles. At your wide receiver spot, and you got to get someone who can just give you some points. And there were a if lot. If I had of DPJ yeah. on those teams, if I had DPJ on those teams, I'd be feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of buys, like guys like CD Lamb, Brent Nayuk, a bunch of yeah, you know, good receivers were off last week. So this week, um, they'll be back. But he he's been a nice fill-in. You know, he he started producing. It's funny, you know, that nine-point floor. You know, he started producing as bye week set in. So it's like he was perfect. the perfect. But pickup. he's been like, on this waiver wire list every single week. For oh the yeah, past, like, no, one hundred percent. Seven, eight weeks. It, like, it's just funny just... to. It's just funny to think because like, that's exactly what you want. Like if if there's nobody, no slam dunks on the waiver wire to pick up. You know, he he he's what you want to just fill in for that. And there's a week. bunch of those type of guys on this list, and we'll get there. Um, yeah. You know, Gus Edwards. You know, he has a hamstring injury. Obviously, didn't play last night, but he can come back. Uh, the following week after they buy, they have a buy this week, right? J.K. Dobbins, you never know when he's going to be available. He's going to be out for a while, right? Yeah. And, you know, Edwards can't potentially keep a starting job, you know, once he's back. So, by the way, Kenyon Drake last night, I don't remember the last time I've seen a running back on the Ravens get 24 carries. Right. No, I, I can't remember that either. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've even seen a running back get more than, like, 16 carries. 
yeah on the no. ravens over the past like three years they they uh, just kept they just kept feeding him and it, it, he wasn't even that efficient you know but they just kept giving it to him <laughs> it, it, it just worked out in his favor <laughs> justice hill was you know a non-factor mike davis yeah. had that you see that one catch that mike davis had yes like it's just i don't know he's a big guy like what, what, what i saw was like oh my god like, yeah mike davis he he's like He's like a bowling, bowling ball. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah, yeah. No. You, you want to know true? I wouldn't. I call Mike Davis a bowling ball. What is Patrick Ricard then? Did you see him, dude? He is ridiculous. Could yeah, you imagine? Like guy. they said, he's a fullback, but he's like he's six three, three hundred pounds. That's a tackle running exactly. out of the backfield, like every play. <laughs> and he he's not like this fat guy. You know, he is, no, he's athletic, he's, man. He's humongous. That's what he is. So I wouldn't want to face him. I, I forget was Patrick Ricard. No, it wasn't Patrick Ricard. It was Morgan Moses. That was Lee blocking for Lamar Jackson on the one. But I remember it's just thinking every time I see Patrick Ricard, I'm like, man, they should use him more. You know, they used him as an up back on one carry, I think it was, and he got it. It's like, who's stopping him? <laughs> 100%, man. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're going to bye week. I feel like you can pick him up and, you know, you might not be able to start him as soon. Like, he might be out again after the bye. You never know. But this is yeah. more of a long term pickup. Okay. You, you have, you're going to have to hold him through the bye. A lot of people dropped him this week. Kyron Williams, I have him at number 14. I moved Kyron Williams down. Like, he was higher last week. He was, like, in the top five or six pickups. I moved him down because the Rams' backfield is just a mess right now. Um, I think he definitely has a – Yeah, yeah, and the backfield is like a three-man backfield right now. Like, he has a chance of making his way up that depth chart, making this backfield a lot less noisy. Yeah. Possible. But, you know, who knows if that happens, right? Dal Henderson, you know, he had about 50% of snaps, followed by Malcolm Brown, followed by Cam Akers with 19% of snaps. Next week, who knows what it is. I'd assume that Kyron can be the most valuable because they obviously don't like any of these guys. And mm. maybe they like Kyron, and then he moves up to the 1A. Yeah. How much does the 1A get? I don't know. Uh, but you're going to have to eliminate a couple of these guys from this rotation if he's going to have any value. Um, yeah. I think he's still worth stashing. I, I, would you would you would you say that he's still worth stashing? Yeah, they have they have no solution in the backfield right now. So like mm-hmm. keep him until you see him on the field. That's the thing. Like the <laughs> you look at the running backs that the Rams are fielding now. It's like, do you want any of them on your roster? Really? I mean, Daryl Henderson. Maybe you have him on your bench just in a pinch, but he hasn't been he, doing much. He's a um, he's a roster clogger right yeah, now. Yeah, he's a roster clogger right now. That's what he's doing. So. Any, it's not like you have any hope for upside with these guys that are already, you know, playing for the Rams. All you're doing with Kyron Williams is stashing him and hoping that he shows just a little bit more than everybody else. Because at this point, there's nobody that's going to do anything. Like, there's nothing preventing Kyron Williams from, you know, moving up and ascending on the depth chart. Uh, unless Kyron Williams is that bad, I don't see a situation where, you know, he doesn't move up a little bit. What you have with Kyron Williams is hope because he hasn't played. You know, we've seen the rest of them play. There's no hope with them. They're not going to take over this backfield. They're not going to get enough carries to be relevant. So you're just holding on to Kyron Williams and hoping that he can step up, you know, move above all of them, clear them on the depth chart, and have some sort of fantasy, you know, value moving forward in this Rams backfield. Because as things stand right now, there's none. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know, I have Darius Slayton here at number 15. He's one of those other guys that, you know, just give me some points, please. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's been above 20% target share, like I mentioned earlier, uh, in three of his last four games. He went above 11 PPR fantasy points in those three games. The game he didn't do it was against Baltimore. And we talked about, you know, Baltimore's defense stepping up. Uh, but he has Houston this week, followed by Detroit. So a couple of weeks over the next two, starting this week, that you can stream him if needed, if you're desperate. I picked him up last night in one league uh, just because of the fact that I'm depleted at wide receiver and I need somebody to just please give me points. So that's yeah. why I picked him up. And I plan on starting him this week uh, in that league. But, yeah, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he could get you some points. Between him and Wando Robinson, you know, it could go back and forth, right? We don't, as of right now, we don't know who the number one wide receiver is. Darius Slayton has actually been a little bit more reliable than Wandale lately. However, I would say Wandale has more upside moving forward. I would uh, submit that Saquon Barkley is wide receiver one on the offense oh, right now. So yes, I, don't, I, so I, don't forget that. I but, guess so, but Saquon <laughs> hasn't been getting the targets that you know. One of the reasons why I love Saquon this year is because you know, and it worked out. But Saquon hasn't get the targets like I thought he would, honestly. And like, right. like look at the last few games: five, four, three, six, two, four, four. I just did the whole season. Uh, but <laughs> the last few, <laughs> look at the last few games, the whole season, yeah, it's like all of them. Uh, and, and it's not crazy, right? Like I personally thought that he would be getting like seven to eight targets a game just because they have nobody, yeah. right? Uh, but he's only getting four point four targets a game this year, yeah. which is not. Saquon is an amazing receiver. He should be their wide receiver one. He should yeah. be running. You know, he's running a lot of routes, but like he should be getting more targets uh, just because he's we know what he could do with the ball in his hands. So hoping, you know, could them coming out the bye that, you know, they could do something and kind of involve him more. But how many more touches do they want him to get? Because if they do end up giving him like, you know, five more like, you know, six, seven targets a game, that means he'll be hitting like that 30 touch threshold. Yeah. Like on a weekly basis. Uh, uh, you know, you, do they want to do that? I don't know. You run up the mileage quick on a running back doing that. But yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I prefer I prefer to like you know if you want to like lessen the load a little bit on these running backs maybe you give them less less carries yeah and then you know maybe put it down to like fifteen carries but then give them like seven eight targets right mm-hmm. that, I feel like that'll be more efficient yeah. too it's hard to say you know give them more targets because nine times out of ten on play designs the running back is just a check down you know they're not the first second or third read they're just a check down if there's nothing there so that isn't always the case um, but I, I think that. Yeah. You know, if we're talking about, you know, maintaining Saquon Barkley, I think what he's doing right now is going to be fine. Um, we just obviously as fantasy people, we'd love to see more targets, but we'll see if that comes. The other thing yes. that the receivers in New York have working against them is that Daniel Jones is running it like crazy. You know, he he just looks it. I'm sitting here. I was sitting here while you're talking, thinking about how are the Giants actually moving the ball downfield and scoring? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at these projections and these stat lines for these receivers. I'm like, how are they doing it? I remember that Daniel Jones. Oh, yeah, he's running for like six or seven first downs a game. So that that could be it. You know, that's one thing they have working against them. The, the passing volume hasn't been there in New York, and it's been a winning formula, so it's not going to change. Um, you really only have hope for one, you know, clear receiver in this Giants passing attack to kind of emerge and be fancy relevant. It's going to be Wando Robinson, I think. 
Kenny Galladay is out of the discussion. He's not going to be that guy. Darius Slayton could, you know, be the wide receiver one a couple weeks down the stretch. I think Wanda Robinson's a guy. That's just me. But yeah, we've been saying uh, that this exactly. whole time, right? And that's why he's higher, much higher in this list. He, he has yeah, more yeah. upside. But Slayton is a guy that you can start, get you some points. And if Wanda was available on that waiver wire, instead of picking up Slayton, I would have picked up Wanda. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got Michael Harbin at number 16. You know, he's now had four straight weeks of doing his thing. Like, but. It's hard for me to really recommend him because hard, man. N- n- number one, it's an it's an anomaly. <laughs> yeah, he had nine targets this past week, but that's really only accounting Mahomes doing a hundred times, and he's running a route on only fifty percent of dropbacks. So his production is not sustainable. So he's a sell if I have him. Okay, however, I also have him on this list because if you need upside, right, he's one of those boom bust options that you can throw in your lineup. Right, like he just yeah. happens to be booming lately like out ingenuous of me to like look at the fantasy points that he's scored over the last couple few weeks yeah. and say that no you cannot start him like no you can you know just realize that he's boom bust and it's possible that he gives you like a couple points um you know you also have to imagine that Kadarius tony you know he gets implemented a little bit more in this offense next week it could be at the expense of Nicole hartman uh because you know that juju is going to be on the field you know that mvs is going to be on the field you know that travis kelsey is going to be on the field so it's going to be at the expense of hartman uh that Kadarius tony starts getting on the field more yeah but as long as, you know, Kyrie Tony's, you know, not getting on the field, not getting those looks, McCall Herdman could be a guy that could, you know, fill in for you pretty nicely. I remember I've seen him. He's been sitting on the waiver wire in a few of my leagues, and I'm thinking, like, why isn't he producing? You know, with Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, and all this turnover at receiver, you know, Juju isn't really doing his thing. But um, it, it's finally starting to happen. It's like, okay. I, I wanted to pick him up, but I – if he's there, you take him and add him as like a trade piece. That's what I do. I, I'm not trusting him to start every week, but um, I, I think that the way he's been, you know, playing recently, though, the way they've been using him has been great. Um, he had three touchdowns against the Niners, which they're, they're a good defense. I don't think that's going to happen every week, like you said. Um, and with Patrick Mahomes throwing it, throwing it 68 times, yes, that's going to add up, and he's going to have a decent performance. But they have a pretty tough schedule coming up after this this week in Jacksonville. Um, Chargers, Rams, Cincinnati, Denver, Houston, um, as far as fantasy points go. So I, I think that, you know, better days are not really ahead. He's going to kind of regress to the mean. You know, like we talk about sustainability going one way with like guys like Joe Mixon, A.J. Brown, and Justin Jefferson. It's going to go the other way from Nicole Hardman. I agree. I agree. I got Isaiah Jones here as another guy who just gives me give me some points during these buys uh he runs the most routes for jacksonville the jaguars get the chiefs this week like you just mentioned it's a great matchup to stream him if you need to the reason why i'm playing him over marvin jones is because he runs more routes um and he's going to be on the field more and the chiefs are giving up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers you have if you have to think you have to think the jaguars are going to go down this game right and they're going to have a negative game script they're going to have to throw the ball a lot i really like trevor lawrence this week so in, in turn I'm going to like Zay Jones as well. Yeah. And Zay Jones has kind of been, you know, when Christian Kirk isn't doing his thing, it's been the Zay Jones show, even though the Zay Jones show hasn't had a whole lot of production. The Zay, Jones, so, the Zay Jones show sucks. Like, yeah. This show is terrible. It's a terrible show. Like, I, I, you can't spend time watching this show. There's so many better shows on TV than the Zay, the Zay Jones show. Like, yes. it's been bad. Like, he has been a little disappointing, honestly. I think he's a better receiver than his production. But at the end of the day, you are only as good as your production. This yeah. is that, that's an Elijah Moore statement. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's one hundred percent true. He has one touchdown in the year. 
you know, he's not benefiting from touchdown upside. And that's just because I think that's because he's just on the Jaguars off Jaguars offense. And with Travis Etienne, you know, doing his thing, he's probably going to be nine times out of 10. He's going to be the one scoring touchdowns, you know, if it's through the air or on the ground. Um, I thought that the Jaguars went, you know, quantity over quality this offseason with their additions. Christian Kirk looks okay. Say Jones, you know, I think like you said, he's better than he's been producing, but this has kind of been the story of his career. You know, true. He's, yeah. he's been kind of there. It's true. You know? I, I, I'm not a Zay Jones truther anymore. Like, it's like, listen, man, if, you, if you're really that good, you should be putting up better numbers. That's it. And granted, that's what it comes down he, to. He hasn't had excellent quarterback play. If I'm not mistaken, he was in Las Vegas. I, I, I'll say this. this. So, I'll say this, though. If, if Trevor Lawrence had an elite wide receiver, that wide receiver will put up big numbers. Yeah. So so if Devontae Adams went to the Jaguars. You'd he rather would, have, De- you'd rather have Devontae better. Adams with he would be, Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather have Trevor Carr. Lawrence than Derek Carr as right. a quarterback. All right, yeah, that makes sense. For for peppering my number one wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's true. That makes sense. He's peppering he was peppering Christian Kirk. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's like well, if he if he did that to his actual number one wide receiver, like a legit alpha wide receiver, I think the alpha wide receiver would go nuts. Yeah. I mean, he, he was peppering Christian Kirk. You know, it, it's kind of come and gone, the targets. He's had a couple games where he's had double-digit Exactly. Targets. That's the point. He, it's come and gone because he's not an alpha. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's tried <laughs> to, to, to give him that 30% target share over the first yeah, I know, guess four or true. five games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's come and gone because of the fact that Christian Kirk is not an alpha. You know, but yeah. he's impersonating one right now, and he's doing a pretty good job doing it. Yeah, I think he's still a good receiver, you know, but what 100%. they signed him for and what they signed him to play as it doesn't it didn't really add up to me. This when I saw the signing, you know, obviously everyone was griping about the amount of money in the contract. But, you know, I was thinking if that's their big money signing, you know, he's not like you said, an alpha. He's not a wide receiver one. All they need were, is that alpha. If they yeah. get a true wide receiver one on the outside with Zay Jones on the other side as a wide receiver, you know, the opposing wide receiver two, and then Christian Cook in the slot. This, this is going to be and Travis Etienne in the backfield. I feel like that's that one piece that they're missing, you yeah. know, in terms of playmakers. Like that, that is going to put, I think that could put Trevor Lawrence over the top. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen flashes from Trevor Lawrence of him actually, you know, kind of having that talent. You know, he, he's yeah. doing what he needs to do. He's been in a bad situation, you know, so far in his career, but things are slowly getting better. They do need to go get an actual receiver. The thing is, they used all their money, like I said, going quantity <laughs> over quality. Um, they added, if yeah. they had Zay Jones, um, Evan Ingram's been all right. You know, I guess that, yeah. that sign that signing isn't that bad. It was a solid um, signing. Yeah, it, it it was all right. But they didn't add anybody notable. Like I said, I forget who I compared him to. But uh, yeah, the Dolphins. I said, obviously, they went out and got Tyreek Hill. But I said, they were building, giving two of these weapons, you know, young quarterback weapons. And look what they are doing in Miami. Just up the, just up the highway, right? Or down the highway. It's, I'm not sure ge- geographically, Jacksonville, <laughs> um, Miami. But you know, the same state. You know, Tua's doing his thing because he got all these weapons. And I think, you know, the the Dolphins went quality. They got Tyreek Hill. The Jaguars went quantity, and we're seeing how that plays out. Look at all these wide receiver. Look at all these quarterbacks who don't have a top top end wide receiver. Aaron Lamar Rogers. Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, J- uh, Justin Herbert. You yeah, know but, what I'm saying? Like they need their guys. But yeah. No, no, oh, that's the point. They yeah. need their guys on the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they don't have their guys on the field, they're just not simply not going to do as good. Yeah. You know? Justin Herbert, without Keenan Allen this entire year, 
you know, has, like even Herbert. the he, even though he had Mike Williams, who by the way, I don't think he's a true alpha. He's a very good wide receiver. Yeah, but he's he, not like that upper echelon guy. Um, and because of that, you know, he's not going to do as well. He's not an all-around wide receiver. So Mike Williams, I kind of compare, you know, to T. Higgins. I know T. Higgins is still young and he's good, but I'm not sure T. Higgins is alpha alpha if that makes sense he's not jamar chase obviously uh, jamar yeah, chase is not alpha. jamar chase you know we've seen t higgins do his thing when jamar chase is out we've seen mike williams do his thing when keenan allen's out both of them are very good possession receivers they're big play machines but yeah outside of that they're not like the guy that you're throwing short intermediate and deep to you know i i think you have a, a good argument there yeah i think you do and uh what they both went to clemson right <laughs> Yeah, they did. Just a little parallel right there. It's weird, uh, weird storylines, how that comes together, right? So, you know, I think we can see Trevor Lawrence this week potentially have a good week against Kansas City. Yeah, bottom Um, line, Zay Jones (laughs) is a wire pickup. (laughs) Michael Gallup, I have him here at number 18. It's getting really desperate at this point. Um, You know, he had a 24% target share last week. They didn't have to throw a ton. Uh, But that's a good sign. Like the target share, good sign for him if if they do need to throw a ton at some point. He doesn't seem to have too much upside. At this point, no. but I still consider him a streamer. No. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie at number 19. His yeah. snaps are moving up just a little bit, by the way. Like 70% rap participation last week. If Josh Allen plays next week, you know, with that this week with that elbow injury, he might favor those short throws, right? To Isaiah yeah. McKenzie, who hasn't been getting targets over the last couple of weeks. So, it, you know, with his snaps kind of moving up more than we, than we, we thought, it's not really a 50 50 anymore, you know, with him and Khalil Shakir. Maybe go. Maybe it flips back the other way. But for now, like if Josh Allen isn't going to be throwing those deep balls, and if he's advised not to, I know he mm-hmm. threw that big bomb at the end of the game, even with the injury. Uh, but it's a UCL injury. He might not want to, you know, create more damage to that inj- that, that that elbow. And if that's the case, maybe Isaiah McKenzie and these running backs, they might be the ones that benefiting. Yeah, I, I think that could be the case. And it's funny you talk about UCL. It's a new CL injury. I've never heard of a UCL before. We've heard ACL, MCL. Now we're at UCL. But man, this is like there's all these injuries. I think that you know, it, it sounds like kind of like obvious. You know, obviously if you're hurt, you're not gonna throw it as deep. But I think that could be the case. You know, it might be that simple. He might not be going as deep. You know, in these next few games as he gets Listen, healthy. Man, hopefully, he. I plays. have to. I have to create a story. I gotta Dr. create a story. Around Isaiah McKenzie. I got to create a story, and that's the story I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what you should do, it seems like we're talking about all these injuries now. I think we do need to have like a highlight on the Instagram page of Dr. Siddiqui. You Dr. know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just me, just like just, just talking nonsense, like yeah. medically. Yeah. Just our attempts at being medical experts and what it means uh, for fantasy football. <laughs> I might need a highlight of that. We'll see. But no, I, I think with the way Gabe Davis is playing too, obviously, you know, he's not even – he wasn't even targeted that much, I think, last week. So the way he's been, you know, not producing, I think Isaiah McKenzie could be in line for a little bit more work. Yeah, it's possible. I have Latavius Murray here at number 20, um, you know, just because I couldn't find anybody else to throw here. Uh, this is just if you're desperate at running back, you know, for a running back play, you need someone to throw in. You know, he could give you 12 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Like that's that's what you're hoping for. <laughs> yeah. For Latavius Welcome to the Latavius Murray. You know, this this is what he does. And we, we said about does. that. He just comes in and makes sure nobody's fantasy relevant. Oh, pretty much. Uh Melvin Gordon was supposed to get that touchdown. No, it's mine. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's done. He did that on the Saints. Uh he's done that everywhere he's gone. You know, it's funny. Like I picked up I picked up Melvin Gordon last night in a league, and I was just like, This is how bad the Broncos backfield is. Like, no one even yeah. wants Melvin Gordon. <laughs> um 
I, I picked him up and I felt dirty. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much all we had. Uh, we has I had I did have some quarterback streamers and some uh, tight end streamers real quick. Uh, if you guys are looking for that, so Marcus Mariota uh, in Carolina on Thursday night, solid play. Daniel Jones against Houston at home. Dare I say it? Oh, by the way, if Trevor Lawrence is available, I'm playing Trevor Lawrence over all these guys uh, against yeah. Kansas City. Okay, then Marcus Mar- Mariota, then Daniel Jones, then dare I say it, Russell Wilson in Tennessee. Yeah. I, Maybe. I, mm, Don't do it, actually. Never mind. The, yeah, I'm uh, just thinking about the way Tennessee's defense kind of – they held Patrick Mahomes scoreless. I think they said seven drives in a row. Yeah. Um, never so, mind. Never mind. Never yeah, mind. Maybe avoid Russell Wilson. <laughs> never mind. Week. I don't know. Hey, hey, Mike, can you cut that part out, dude? Thanks, bro. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy G uh, at home against the Chargers. I think that could be as a relatively decent. He has the weapons, so he, it could happen. Yeah. He has Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. Hopefully, Debo's back. Andy Dalton at Pittsburgh, if you're really desperate, I think this is a decent matchup for him. You know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of Andy out of Andy Dalton last night. Uh yeah. I would I would think that he's gonna be back to where he was the previous two weeks, which is basically like give me 250 yards and two touchdowns. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. At tight end, I have Greg Dulcich. We already mentioned him as one of the top waiver wire pickups this week. He's going up against Tennessee. He's the priority add. He could start for you the rest of the year. Uh, Cole Komet against Detroit. Komet caught two touchdowns, right, this past week? Yeah. Um, and Three touchdowns in two weeks a- yeah, after not very- scoring since 2020. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the so Justin Fields effect. Regression. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Guys, <laughs> I just want to say one thing, okay? When I say regression – it doesn't mean positive or negative. It just means regression. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say that. Okay. And positive regression does not, it, it does not mean progression. Those are two different things. Okay. I just want to mm-hmm. say that. I have so many comments on Instagram. It's like, why do you keep saying regression? Why it's do you keep saying called positive returning regression? Returning to the mean. Yeah. It's called returning to the mean. That's what it means. Regression. It doesn't mean returning to a worse state. It just means yeah. returning to a previous state. Or what is expected, we should say. Just wanted to yeah. put that out there. It's been getting <laughs> on my nervous a little bit. Uh, Noah Fant. Uh, so Cole Komet at Detroit, uh, versus Detroit at home. The Bears offense is getting a little bit better. Cole Komet could be an option for you. Obviously, he scored the touchdowns. That could be good enough for you. Noah Fant at Tampa Bay. He did his thing last week in a good matchup. And he led that team, um, surprisingly, in receiving. And he could maybe do it again against Tampa Bay. I doubt it. I think his other receivers are better. But Noah Fant could be an option. In, Kate Otten, he's showing up randomly, okay, yeah. for Tom Brady. He did show up this past week, going up against Seattle. Good matchup there. So if you're desperate, you throw him in there, see what happens. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I had. No Guys. Baker Mayfield? No Baker Mayfield? Zach. <laughs> Zach. <laughs> if you're willing to start Russ, maybe you start Baker. Yeah. Know. Would you start um, Russell Wilson or Baker Mayfield? Just for I'm anybody. Who Russ, man. Okay. Well, no, no, all no. Right. no. It's PJ Walker. It's PJ Walker this week. It's oh, that's right. That's right. PJ Walker was named the starter, which is why I'm actually okay starting. I'm very okay starting DJ Moore, and uh, I'm I'm solid on on Terrace Marshall as well. Yeah, this week. Um, that's it. That's all we got, guys. Right at the one hour mark. Appreciate everyone listening. Always, you know, tuning in every single day, Monday through Friday. We're recording this, so it, the the more you listen, the more I appreciate you guys, man. For real, for real. Zach and I both appreciate you guys. Uh, right. We'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday for our buy sell show last week our buy sell show wasn't what it usually is because of all the trades that were coming in the trade deadline and all that we were covering that for the most part but tomorrow we'll have a bunch of buys for you a bunch of sells for you uh and we'll get it popping done all right take it easy guys uh good luck on waivers tonight we'll see you tomorrow peace